I'm going to continue a sermon series, our sermon titled, If Not You, Who? If not you, who? If you're not going to be a missionary in your workplace, then who's going to? Who's going to do it for you? Nobody can do it for you. Why? Because he works God in and through you. He's chosen you to be part of his plan to reach the world with the good news. He's chosen you. Chosen you to do that. Hebrews 13, 20 says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, hallelujah, praise the Lord, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us that is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So, so you are the missionary. I don't want you to think for a moment that the missionaries are only the people that get a passport and go to some third world country and dig water wells and give them things that, look, that, that's important and they're missionaries too, but so are you here today and you're coming and you're going and what you're doing. You have an ability to impact people, be on mission with the goodness of Jesus Christ. He will use you to execute his mission. Come on, military dude, first responders in the house, right? You, come on, you get mission. I, I'm, I just want to know what the mission is. If you tell me what the mission is, man, I'll get to work. Like, I like to have vision. I like to know where we're going. What are we doing? What are we doing? Because when I know what we're doing, I'm going to assess how God can use me to involve myself into the mission that we're doing. Come on, I hope you're, you're thinking along those lines too. Um, I, I, let's be self-starters and dive into mission. You know, military members, they, they sign their name on a line that says, I am willing to put my life on the line for the mission which is given to me. You know, you know, Jesus Christ did that too. He says, I will put my life on the line for the mission that the Father gives me. And he was pleading out, going to that cross, even saying, is there another way to do this? Come on, we, we've been there. Come on, Lord, is there another way that we can do this? Can you lay down your life, your comfort for what you want? so that you can take Jesus Christ to work with you? Remember, work is not just the job, like whatever it is that you do. Will you lay down your desires, what makes you comfortable, so that God can use you and get you out of the comfort zone? Look, if you're not in moments throughout your day where you're feeling uncomfortable for the Lord, I would argue, are, are you even engaged with Christ to hear what he has for you to do? Do you know what your mission is? Because the mission he's put me on often makes me uncomfortable. Now, since you, you've been chosen, you've been chosen to, to do the work of the Lord, the question is, will you accept the mission? Uh, Genesis is one great way to understand what our vision, mission, values, and purpose are. And Stacy said, even if, 
you haven't, or if you've gone before, um, you, you're, you're welcome to come back. We've streamlined it. it used to be three classes. We've got, brought it down to an hour and a half, two-hour experience, so you can eat a little bit first. After service, like like maybe maybe you ought to sign up. Maybe you need to take that spiritual assessment one more time and say, "What's my gift? Has it changed?" Maybe you're struggling on an R crew. You're like, "Man, I signed up to serve in fill in the blank space, and I don't know, I'm just not feeling right there." Maybe you need to take the assessment again and see where you might be best wired to serve. Why? Because you're a workplace missionary handing over a cup of coffee to a a tender of Refuge Church or a guest isn't just to be nice to them. It's a mission. Say, welcome. I'm glad you're here. There's a warm cup of coffee or a cold Sprite or a bottle of water, whatever it is that, that you like. Like, it's a mission. It's a purpose. And since you've been chosen, I think there's three things that we need to see today. It's action steps that we need to do. So first, uh, will you see? Will you see? Will you see the mission? Will you see the vision? Do you even understand why Refuge Church exists? If you're sitting here today and, and, and somebody came up to you and said, hey, what's the vision of the church? What's the direction of the church? Why do you all exist? Why do you worship there? If you can't answer these questions... Let's, let's attend Genesis and have that conversation so you can see why we exist. Look, this church does not exist, hear me, for you to sit here and make your life feel good. I mean, that's maybe a byproduct. You feel good when you're in the body of Christ. This church exists so that we can make an influence on our community. It's work, and I want you to see this. We see the world that we live in. For those of us who have eyes that can see, right, that the, the, we, we see the world, we consume it. Stacy takes her glasses off or her contacts out and she's, she struggles to see. At nighttime, uh, she struggles to see the pillar in the dining room. It was morning. It was morning. Darkness. But most of the time, we see the world that we live in. Do you not? You see it. I wear corrective lenses so I can see it better. I'm getting older, and so now I'm in progressive lenses, right, so I can see things near and far, you know, because I want to see well. You see the activities in your life, and you see what's happening. If you're like me, there's some activities in our world that make you troublesome, like, oh my gosh, why is this happening? Why are we talking about this? This can't be the world that we're living in. It's part of the experience of life. My question to you today is what do you see? Think about it for a minute. What do you see? If you're taking some notes down, maybe just put a few thoughts down that, that you're seeing in, in, in our world, in our culture, just some things that you see that are there. I remember the exercise in school. We'd close our eyes and the teacher, it'd be a quiet room, but the, the teacher would ask us to write down what we hear. You ever done that? 
And you're like, nobody's speaking. But then, oh, I hear the air conditioner. I hear this person breathing. I heard that pen drop on the floor. There's a lot of things that you can hear when you focus on what you're hearing. The question is, what are you seeing? What do you see in this world? Statistics reveal that humans perceive up to 80% of all of our impressions by sight. Like 80% of our life and how we receive data is through these two eyes, not the mouth and our taste or our feeling or our hearing. It's, it's our sight. It's what we see. It's no, it's not, it's in correlation with the eyes connecting to the brain. And it's what we have to be careful, y'all, what we see. We have to be careful what we think about what we see. I think it's safe to say that our sight, that seeing, is super important to being a workplace missionary. Research also reveals that if other senses such as your taste or your smell stop working, it's the eyes that will protect you from danger. You'll be able to see the hot stove if you can't feel. You can see it. About hearing, you can, without hearing, you can see that there's danger. Like, think for a moment. What do you see? Like, hear me. God gives a sight to see the dangers that lurk in front of us, but some of you are so blind to the activities that are around us that you don't see the danger. Come on, parents of teenagers, oftentimes you see the friends that they're hanging out with and go, danger, danger, those aren't good people. And the teenager is like, what? But they're awesome. No, they're not. All right, come on. We, 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 look, we look at the younger people and say, that's not a good person for you. You can't see it yet. But for some reason, we think as we become adults, we've mastered it. Hello, newsflash. Some of you adults, mature adults, are hanging out with people that aren't good for you, right? Like we got to look at who are we in community with. That's why I love our groups, because we're like-minded people coming together, sharing life, and we're learning how to do life. The world, the world is falling apart. Do you see it? And, and if you see it, do, do you even care? Do you have compassion for what's happening around us? And then if you see it, what do we do about it? Man, these are hard questions. I start reading in, in John chapter 12. It's a longer passage. I want to camp on it for a minute. I'm going to start in, in chapter uh, 12, verse 37. And, and it just, I'm just going to start reading and see how the Lord convicts us here. It says, even after Jesus has performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe him. Look, they were seeing Jesus Christ perform miracles, and there still were people that didn't believe. They didn't see like God is giving you these, these just grace moments in your life and you don't see them. You take them for granted. This may take us a little while to get through this. I, uh, I'm at the ENT this week and he says, breathe again. 
I'm like, was I, was I not before? <laughs> like, breathe again. Go breathe in. And I breathed in for him. And he was like, your nostrils are closing in when you breathe in. He goes, well, here's a mirror. He gives me a mirror. He says, breathe in like this. And he goes, now look at my nose. And he does the same thing. I look at my nose, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, I didn't see that I was having trouble breathing, but it took me someone to show me that my nostrils were doing some things that they didn't do in the past, and I'm struggling to get a good breath of air. It's breathing. Some of us miss the grace of Christ right in front of us. This was, so this was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord and it's been revealed. For this reason, they could not believe because Isaiah says elsewhere, listen, listen to this. He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn and I would heal them. Some of us are blinded today to the move of God, to the spirit of God that's trying to communicate with you. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would put, be put out of synagogue, for they loved human praise more than praise from God. I wonder if we struggle to be workplace missionaries because we're more concerned about what our peers will think of us instead of what God has called us to do. Then Jesus cried out. Okay, can you see, when it says Jesus cried out, can you see there's anguish in his heart? Like he hears these conversations and then he starts to speak and here's what Jesus says in verse 44. Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me, God. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Remember that sermon series, Light and Darkness? If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. Look, Jesus will be your attorney on judgment day. You want him on your side. That's why the Holy Spirit exists so we can communicate with him. Our advocate, our attorney on judgment day. Will you see this? Will you see that he is for you and not against you? Will you see that he wants to pour into you? Do you see that he's going to put discipline on you? Why? Because he's going to take account for your sins one day. It's our responsibility to allow him. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. 
I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father told me to say. Look, these words will hurt you. Why? Because they're advocating for God. And last I checked, you are not him, nor am I. And so when we fall under the authority of Christ and the biblical standard, it's a challenge. Our vision at Refuge Church is to reach all people. And when I say all people, I mean all people. But here's what I need you and I want you and I desire for you to see. All people, regardless of race, gender, personal identification, right? Like whatever it is, you're welcome in this place. However, when you sit in these seats and you go to these groups and you participate with this church, you're either going to change to be more like Christ and you're going to rise to the standard of the Scripture or you're not going to want to sit with us. Because me, it's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I'm not going to cowtail to some culture and what's the latest event that's happening out there. I'm going to say, let's see what the scriptures say, and let's just do that. Can we do that? Fair enough, right? You're welcome here. We'll have conversations, and we disagree till the cows come home, but we're not going to bow down to the world. We're going to bow down to Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness. You will be his witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You are going to be the witness of Jesus Christ in your home, in your workplace, in Conroe, in Montgomery County, in Texas, in the United States, and all over the planet is what that scripture is saying. You're witnessing for him. I think the old Baptist term, right? Let's go witness to people. Where do you think it comes from? It's the book of Acts. It's the OG church. It's, the, it's what's happening. It's what God calls us to do is to go and to be a witness. Not just where we are in Jerusalem or Conroe, but everywhere we go. So if the task is to witness to everybody, why is it so hard to do it in our workplace? Why is it so hard to do it when we're laboring and when we're working? I know. Because Satan's plan is to make your witness hard for others to see. And we have to fight against it. Revelation 12:9, last book of the Bible. It says, this great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, look at that, was thrown down to the earth with his angels. Look, he is here prowling around today to deceive you and prevent you from your mission of telling others about Jesus Christ. And if you have to, use words. 
Are you living like the Lord today? Are you working like him? Do you, do you see it now? Do you see the mission? Do you see the vision? Do you see what he's called us to do? Satan and his angels are trying to dupe you, and they do a pretty good job at it. See, seeing is a vital part of being a workplace missionary. And then once we see, we have to, too, listen. Come on, that's hard to do. Seeing is the starting point of listening. The problem arises when you see things, but you don't listen. Oftentimes, we see the problems, but we don't listen to what the Lord has to say. And so we find ourselves in this predicament where, yeah, but I, yeah, I, well, I really love that person or I really feel like God's calling me. Ah, but what is he actually telling you to do? You have to listen to the Holy Spirit. But some of you are blinded and you can't hear him because you're struggling to see him. These go hand in hand. While you work, you will see the issues that demand our attention. My prayer today is that after hearing from the Lord, that you will see things, and now it will demand you listen to them, that the troubles and conflict will come in your life, because if you're a Christian, we ought to conflict with the world. There ought to be something that goes against it. But my question is, whom are you listening to? We often listen to the world. We follow what the world is doing. I had a boss one time uh, tell me that if Steve, he was a Christian in a, in a salty environment, and he said, Steve, if you're doing what everybody else is doing, it's probably the wrong thing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And, and, and then I started navigating life and I had that thought in my mind and I started paying attention to what everybody else was doing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's some, there's some credence to that. There, there, I think there's some truth to it. Why? Because the world's not chasing after Jesus. We have to listen to the Lord and say, God, but what do you have for me to do? Yesterday, I really wanted to watch. Oh, come on, those Texans yesterday, y'all. <laughs> I really wanted to watch uh, Miami beat Kansas City in that cold weather. And after the Texans were on, I, was, I looked and looked and looked. I couldn't find this game. And I went, I went and learned that you had to subscribe to Peacock to watch this game. I mean, what kind of Satan tomfoolery is this, right? <laughs> and so you know what I did? I stood up and I said, how much did it cost? $5.99. I said, let's watch that game. Let's enjoy it. And we enjoyed it. I started watching that game. And then the next thing I know, the game is over, and this 
show called Ted or something comes up. It's this Teddy Bear. And I kid you not, 35 seconds into it, I heard the F word twice and some other thing. And cancel, delete, right? And we got whatever that show is for 30 days and then it's going to expire. Look, you have to see what is the world doing. You have to listen to it. Yeah, but you know, I know it's not right. Well, you're putting it in your mind and it's going to change the way that you behave. Look, I'm 51 years old and I don't watch a rated R movie. Last rated R movie I saw was The Passion of the Christ. Why? Is it because I'm not old enough? No. Am I not mature enough? No. I can decipher what's right and wrong. I don't want to put that garbage into my ears. I'm careful what I'm listening to. I'm careful what I'm seeing because I've got to be a missionary in the workplace. Man, some of y'all are like, man, this is a good show. I'm like, yeah, this, wow, this sounds like a good show. What's it on? Like Netflix. Oh, I don't have Netflix. Right? Like, like what, what are you doing? What's God convicting you to do? John 14, 26, it says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Will you listen to the Lord? Will you hear the Spirit of God? Will you create a discipline in your life to where you know what the voice of the Spirit sounds like? For some of you, he's talking, but you can't hear him. I struggle, I struggle to hear, like physically. I wear a hearing aid. My left ear is almost totally deaf. I can't, I physically can't hear. My family sometimes, come on, confession moment. My family sometimes, I can hear them talking, but I don't know what they're saying, right? I guess legit. And then they come around, they go, are you not listening to me? I said, no, I heard you, but I didn't hear you. Well, if you knew I was talking, then why didn't you listen? I said, because my whole life, my, my brain gets confused. Come on, anybody with hearing aids, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, what is this supposed to listen to? And so you learn to tune out things because if not, you're, you're not used to hearing things. And it's just a real confusing place. So listening to me has become an internal heart thing, heart piece. When you listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll guide you in your work, and he'll guide you in what you ought to do. He'll put the mission in front of you that he wants you to do, and there's four ways I want you to see that the Holy Spirit will guide you. First is by conviction of your sin. If you aren't being convicted of the sin in your life, uh, you're in a dangerous place. I haven't sinned yet. Look, my mind and my thoughts will sin like, oh my goodness. Like you're like, oh, I ain't murdered anybody yet today, so that's good. Yeah, but you sure did shoot down your kids and their dreams and their visions when you talked to them that way this morning or when you thought about your spouse in that negative way. Like even in the mind, like that's sin. God sees it before it even comes up. Do you know there's sin in my body, in my flesh that is present, but it hasn't registered in my mind yet? And I'm like, Lord, forgive me of the sins that I can't even see today. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear so that I can see what my soul is speaking so I can act more like your son, Jesus Christ, tomorrow. You catching me? It's how we ought to walk. Convict your sin. Number two, self-discipline. That's another way that the Holy Spirit guides you in self-discipline. Come on, it's hard. It's hard to tell the body, no, the flesh wants to go yes every single time. 
Come on. Come on. Chicken fried steak or a salad. Stacy's like, you want to go to Salada? And I'm like, no, I want lunch. Right? You know? I'm like, why? Why would we go there? You know? But the body's like, the body wants the, the stuff that's not healthy. And it's this battle that we have to go, ah, what, what's that? Self-discipline. The Spirit will guide you there. Number three, uh, teaching the ways of Jesus. The, the Spirit will prompt you and say, this is the way. And you ought to go, which you ought to go. You ought to be there. Uh, you, you have the advocate, the Father, the Son, the Spirit in you. And number four, he'll lead you in your daily life. He will lead you and guide you. The problem is you often don't like the directions on your God GPS and, and what the Spirit is telling you to do. You know, you probably shouldn't have said that. You need to go back and apologize and go, yeah, I don't want to apologize. I don't want to tell him I'm sorry. Probably what you ought to do if you're listening to the Lord. If you do not listen to the Holy Spirit being a, a workplace missionary, it's a futile effort. If you can't hear from the Lord, good luck. It's super hard. Effective leaders will listen. Uh, effective missionaries, they, they listen. Effective Christians, they listen. Maybe listening to God is your big nugget today. It's your walk away. It's your takeaway point. Will you, will you listen to the Lord better? Will you listen to what he has to say? And number three, the, the, the final piece is act. I, I think it's more important than seeing and listening. It, it's acting. Like acting out, like to see one thing, to hear one thing, and to do nothing. Whew, come on, it's tough. That's tough. We, we actually have to do. Doing is the vital step. To see and to hear and to not act is, you know what the Bible calls that? Disobedience. Disobedience. When, when the Lord convicts you by way of the Holy Spirit of something you ought to be doing and he guides you and you choose to go your way instead is being disobedient and in that is sin, and there's repercussions to that. Some of you this semester, as we roll into February, God's going to convict you. You know what? I probably ought to join an R group. That's probably good for me. And then by the time sign-ups come in, yeah, but that's going to be embarrassing to go to somebody's house or go meet them for the first time. You know, but I'll probably not. And then the next thing you know, sign-ups go away. And now you're like, well, they're already like two weeks in, so it's too late. Now, maybe now I'll do it next semester. It's disobedience. That's where we get stuck. The Lord gave you something to see, an announcement, vision, idea, and then he spoke to you. He said, hey, get on that train, and you decided not to. You didn't act, and that's where we get in trouble. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourself. I underline this for you. If, if, if you. if you're writing in your Bible, underline this. It says, do what it says. Do what it says. Come on, as a parent... Look at your son and look at your daughter. Can we stop talking about this? Can you just do it? Just do it? When we work and we receive from the Lord, we're to act. This is literally where the rubber meets the road. This is being a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's learning and doing. Learning and doing. How do we learn? We see, we hear learning, doing. 
It's a refining process over and over and over. I want to learn a better way to do this. I'm going to do that. I want to be around people that can teach me. I'm going to do that. I'm going to try the best that I can to achieve it. I'm going to fail, but I did it, and I'm going to try it again. Well, you don't have to succeed every time. Will you do it? Will you do what he's called you to do? When we work, we're working for him. James 2.14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? And I could just read these scriptures. It just preaches by itself. Like, what good is it if you say it, you don't do it? Look, other people are watching you. They're watching you. They're watching right where you are. You don't even know they're watching you. Your family, your friends, your neighbors, they see you. I was at Home Depot last week. And I'm walking out to my truck and I'm loading, I'm loading the stuff in the back of the truck. And this dude I've never seen, he comes up, he goes, Pastor Steve, hey. And I'm like, hey, buddy. You know, right? Hey, he goes, my aunt goes to your church. And I'm like, he goes, I saw you in the store and I thought it might be you, but when I walked by and I saw the Refuge Church sticker, it came together and my aunt goes to your church. And I said, that's awesome, man. In my mind, I'm like, why don't you? <laughs> and I'm like, dude's been watching me. He'd been, he'd been watching me. And you're like, yeah, well, you're the pastor. It's different. Look, it hadn't been that way always. I haven't always been a pastor. I remember a young in my Coast Guard days. I had hair, not a lot of it, but enough to call it hair. I had this awesome mustache, you know, just, just the mustache. It, it was awesome. And I'd wear my uniform and I'd put my aviator glasses on. I'm walking around and people would stop us. They'd go, you know what you look like? Goose from Top Gun, right? And then I wear civilian clothes. I'm like, you, look, you know who you look like? I'm like, Goose from Top Gun. Sitting in the mall, in the store, people see me. Well, you're watching me. You see me. And then I start losing my hair, and they're like, you know who you look like? I'm like, Goose from Top Gun. No, Dr. Green from ER. I'm like, it's the same guy. It's just, I was like, all right, okay. I'm losing my hair. I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't look like either of them anymore. But people are watching me, and they're watching you, and they see what you're doing, your neighbors, your coworkers. Makes me think of C.J. Stroud, this guy right here, man. If you're not paying attention, pay attention. Pay attention to what happened. That text says, Jesus laid his life on the cross for us. I really believe that. This is bigger than just football. Football is my platform. Spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ is my purpose. This man is a workplace missionary. He gets it. They put a camera in front of him. You think it's uncomfortable for him? Not anymore. Why? Because the Lord has radically transformed his life and his speech is different. His action is different. The way that he presents himself is different. What about you? They put a news camera in your face for something that you did good. What would you do? Would you say, 
Lord, it's the Lord that you see in me. I just play football. I just work at, at Home Depot. I just work at this firm down the street. I, but it's the Lord Jesus Christ that's moving in me that you see. He lets the world see Christ moving in him. What about you? Will you do that? Why are you so ashamed to showcase the work of Jesus Christ in your life? When everybody else is trying to end racism and love everybody, do all these slogans, will you show up with a t-shirt with Jesus Christ and a crown of thorns across and say, I'm not that good. He's just blessed me. And all you're seeing is Christ working in me. And then all of a sudden, this rookie from Ohio State gets a bigger platform and he tells more people about Jesus Christ and he takes them to the playoff with the rookie coach. It's like, what? And this isn't even un this is unheard of. If your story was a football story, what would it look like? Well, people go, oh, you didn't know Steve before the Lord. He's different. Man, I remember, come on, I have a, there's, I love, one of my first Coast Guard boat stations where I met Stacy was in, was in Port Arthur, Texas. The station was in Sabine Pass. Have you ever been there? He, right? Okay. If you're from that area, I love you. My, the unit is having, I mean, it's been 30 years since I've been there. They're having a reunion. And everybody's getting together. And you know where the reunion is? It's in Vegas. Why is it in Vegas? Oh, man, if you're watching, I love you. But come on, it's just a bunch of lushes over there, right? Just getting together to drink and relive old days. And I'm like, it's not who I am anymore. God's changed my life. Y'all enjoy, but man, I'm going to watch what I see and watch what I hear because I'm living for the Lord. Are you a workplace missionary? Are you on mission for the Lord? I promise if you'll surrender your life and give it to him, and start listening and seeing what the Lord has for you and then acting out on it, it'll be the best season of your life. Let's pray. Lord, I, I trust you to move in the hearts and minds of people that are listening that are here today. God, I, I know without doubt that you have the power to change the past of people and give them a bright future and a hope. Lord, convict our hearts where we can't see and when we're not listening. And God, will you start teaching us the ways by the way of your spirit and how we ought to obey you and what we ought to do? And will you make us change agents in our homes first, our workplaces next, our communities, our churches? God, make us be ambassadors. Help us become spokespersons for your son, Jesus Christ, because there's one day we're going to need him in that courtroom. 
And God, I want him to look at me and I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so God, I surrender my life to you. I surrender this church to you. And God, anything good you see in me, anything good you see in Refuge Church, it's merely a reflection of your son, Jesus Christ, because I and we are not worthy. But you are. So we praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.